Hey there, welcome back to The Truth Is Somewhere. Sorry we missed you last week, but, uh, Megan, what do you think we just jump right into this one? Okay. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about? Uh, we're actually, we're going to talk about reincarnation and past lives today. Okay. Because this was of particular interest to me because I believe in this. Corey is rolling his eyes at me. I did not. Right now as we speak. You I did so not. did. You thought you didn't, but you did. I stared at one, in one place, trying, focusing very hard. <laughs> and then you rolled your eyes when you looked back up. Damn it. <laughs> okay. It's May in 1991. An assistant fire chief from Westport, Connecticut, Jeffrey Keene, and his wife were on vacation and hunting for antiques in Sharpsburg, Maryland. Okay. The Civil War Battle of Antietam was fought in Sharpsburg and was known as the bloodiest day of the Civil War. Okay. At the time, Keene had never read a book about the Civil War, nor did he know the area, but he felt compelled to visit the battlefield. While he was walking through a field known as the, quote, Sunken Road, Mm -hmm. he began to have strange and unexplained reaction. He wrote a book called Someone Else's Yesterday, detailing his reaction and the subsequent research, so in his own words, this is what happened to him today, that day at Sunken Road. Okay. Quote, a wave of grief, sadness, and anger washed over me. Without warning, I was suddenly being consumed by sensations. Burning tears ran down my cheeks. It became difficult to breathe. I gasped for air as I stood transfixed in the old roadbed. Mm-hmm. And before he and his wife left Sharpsburg, they uh, went to a gift shop where Keene purchased a Civil War magazine on the Battle of Antietam. And he ended up putting that magazine away for a year and a half. He just, like, stuck it in the drawer and never read it. Okay. And then in 1992, Keene and his wife attended a Halloween party at which a clairvoyant had been hired to give readings. Okay. So clairvoyant wanted to... I mean, why was so there a clairvoyant? He Well, because it was just a Halloween party. You know, like, spooky Oh, people. okay. It wasn't like they were pursuing anything? No, no. It was he just, was just like, like... It was like a party thing. Okay. All right. So like the whole, whole idea party is... party trick. He's... I think I know where this is going. He's supposed to be the reincarnate of someone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the, the, the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So he steps up to get his reading at this Halloween party, and Sunken Road came up. And the clairvoyant told him that he had been a soldier and had been shot on the battlefield there. Mm. And according to the clairvoyant, past Keen's spirit floated above his apparently lifeless body in the field and angrily yelled, No! Like his spirit was like, oh, I'm not ready! No! No! And at this point, Keen says the clairvoyant paused and he corrected the clairvoyant and told her, he said, Not yet. Not just no. Oh. Like, he just had this overwhelming feeling. He's like, no, 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 I said not yet. Oh, so he said, I said yes. not yet. Yeah, like, he corrected her, like, uh, no, I said not yet. Uh-huh. And then the next day, Keen decided to look at the magazine that he had shoved in the drawer. Okay. And he once again experienced the unexplained rush of emotion, and he opened the magazine to a picture of Sunken Road and was startled to find the quote, not yet, on the page. <sighs> And as Keene read on, he discovered that not yet was an order given by General John B. Gordon during the Battle of Antietam. Then, also in the magazine, he found a picture of General Gordon and was shocked by how, like, they looked. This is Okay, so that's a picture of them. Mm-hmm. They're uh, fairly similar, yeah. They are fairly similar. They One look a lot alike. has a lot, lot darker hair. Um, the general, I would imagine, is the one with the longer goatee. Yes. Yeah, he's got... I mean, they look like they could have um, been related. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, their face shape is kind of the same. They have flat cheekbones, kind of a rounded forehead. I mean, his forehead has more of an angle right here than his does. 
And uh, I mean, I could pick at this all day. Look yes, at his ears. Can. They're at different angles. He's got big rounder ears. He's got sharper looking ears. You know, their noses are pretty similar. Like they definitely look like they, they look could like have they been. Be related, they could have sure. been twin brothers that went through different circumstances. I would even say. Yeah. But uh, okay. So anyway, Keen sees the picture and he's reading the magazine and he's like, "That guy looks like me." Mm-hmm. And uh, he starts doing a bunch of research about General Gordon and starts uncovering a lot of eerie similarities between himself and General Gordon. Okay. And so he says that not only did they look a lot alike, they had the same height, eye color, birthmarks, and general bone structure. Okay, but not hair color. Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. But they shared similar personality traits, writing styles, and taste in clothing. Okay. Um, Where is he from? Where is who from? Uh, uh, the, I forgot his name. I'm so bad with names. The guy we're following now, that's not General Gordon. Oh, Keen, he is from Westport, Connecticut. Okay, and where's Gordon from? I don't know. He was a Confederate soldier. Okay. That's all I know. Sorry. He's a Confederate soldier. Okay. In 1977, Keene was admitted to the emergency room on his 30th birthday Mm -hmm. for severe pain in his jaw. Tests were conducted, but no reason could be found for his pain, which ended up slowly subsiding and disappearing altogether. It wasn't until much later that he learned of General Gordon's face injuries from the Battle of Antietam, which occurred when Gordon was 30 years old. (gasps) Keen also has three birthmarks on his face, and all of them correlate to a location where Gordon was wounded in battle. What? And the, there was a website that tried to, like, give me pictures of these supposed birthmarks and comparing them to, mm-hmm. like, the scars of the original guy. And they were, like, so blown up and blurry that I was like, that could literally be anything. So oh, even I was like, debunk that one. But yeah. that could just be because they don't have good pictures of General Gordon's scars, because... A long time ago. Yeah, Civil War. So I could chalk it up to that. But anyway, uh, I knew that you would totally had, be like, this is ridiculous. They had at least 720p back then. At least. 13 megapixels. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to stand completely still? No. Why would you say that? <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Uh, so Keen then sets off to learn as much as possible about what he believes to be his past life. Mm-hmm. And he used a series of meditations to recall his life as General Gordon, and was able to compare his memories to the book Gordon wrote called Remembrances of the Civil War. So Gordon was actually one of Robert E. Lee's most trusted generals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's actually a lot out there about him, which makes Jeff Keen's job really easy. Sure. Like, he's either really lucky and he was able to corroborate so much of this, or, like, it all makes this obviously a hoax because there's all of this history that he could have just been like, yeah, it's all the same. Oh, wow, I remember this weird look. It's, look, in, it's a in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just kind of, it depends on what you believe. Like, I, I happen to think that this guy probably was reincarnated and I know that you think I'm full of crap. You, I am just looking at you and you're the one who is buckling under your own words. <laughs> so how does he feel about slaves? I don't know. Because that's a big question. There was nothing in any of that about how he felt about slavery. I mean, think about it. Well, he's now a Yankee, so... So... He's from Connecticut. Yeah. So what? Just curious, I mean... Okay, well, he didn't talk about how he felt about slaves. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's like, yeah, you know... Well, just because you have memories doesn't mean that you don't change your mind when you're reincarnated. I don't know. That would be a real big... That would be a real big, like... Over and over again, don't you think we learn our lessons? I don't know. Maybe he didn't. That that would have been, like, a real big... Oh, yeah, maybe he was. Mm. All I'm saying is that could have been a point of evidence. Sure. Where he was like, 
slavery's okay, okay? Okay, okay. And I would have been, and I would have been like, okay, you know, that's a, one more point for you, buddy. Okay. Really bad point, but a point. All right. Slavery's bad, okay? <laughs> Just... We do not condone slavery. I it just never, would have been what? a point in this guy's favor, apparently. So you in lost that point. You lost that point, Keen. You lost it. No, slavery is... He does condone slavery. He does, but we don't. Does he? Well, we don't know that if he does. You were saying that if he condoned slavery... It would have been a point. you would be like, oh yeah, I kind of believe you now. I mean, it would have so, been a point for him. I so have subtract one point from Keen, because mm-hmm. we don't know anything about if he find slavery to be a positive thing or not. Just, it's a, it was a point. I think okay. we've blown this way out of proportion. <laughs> okay. We've spoken about this for way too long. All right. I'm trying to figure out how I can drag this out <laughs> even longer, but it's time for us to, to consider moving on. Okay. So normally when we hear about past life cases, we hear about children. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim B. Tucker an associate professor in psychiatry at the University of Virginia, has been studying cases of past lives since 2002. Okay. And he has written two books on the subject and has some very interesting conclusions and statistics. Mm -hmm. Tucker claims that most children with past life memories are between the ages of two and six. 60% of them are male, and 70% of them remember dying in a violent or unnatural way. That's nice. Yeah. Tucker studies the science behind past life memories. <laughs> what are your first memories, Timmy? Dying in a fire! <laughs> exactly, that's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. <laughs> well, I got in a car crash, and I watched myself bleed out as my intestines hung out from my, from my stomach. <laughs> Can you imagine how disturbing that would be if your, like, three-year-old is, like, yeah. telling you about this, like, horrible, like, being impaled by a tree when they got in a car accident? <laughs> <laughs> I was impaled on a tree and hung there and they couldn't find me as they walked around. <laughs> I died. Jesus. Jesus, Jimmy. Where do you learn these things? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> Tucker stuff. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Tucker studies the science behind past life memories. You sh- did you put air quotes around? No, that? no, no. Actual science. He's he's a psychiatrist. Oh, with a PhD and everything. Yes. Huh? I mean, actual science from a university. A quack for everything. Okay. Anyway, well, it's like that DL of past thing where I was like, gravity vortexes that Which literally there can is like some fling truth to gravity vortex across a forest. There's nothing like that, but yeah. there is some truth. Quacks to gravity. and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh, so he studies the science, and while some cases can easily be discounted, usually when they come from families that are missing a loved one and a child picks up on that and makes innocuous statements that, like, about that person. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. Look at that. Sorry, everybody, I just smacked the shit out of the microphone. Look at that, she's flailing. So it's like when, so grandpa has died. And your three-year-old is picking up on the fact that everybody's really sad because Grandpa has died, so he starts making, like, little comments of what he remembers of Grandpa or what he's, like, hearing other people remember of Grandpa that he could not possibly remember. Yeah. So those are the ones that, like, he's like, science does not back this. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the child just being very perceptive and empathetic and picking up on what the family is projecting. Sure. Um, but Tucker also notes that there are cases in which the child and family have never met the person in the previous life. So that's where, like, he focuses his studies. Okay, on those that could actually be. Yeah, that could could be real. 
Uh, he says, quote, I understand the leap it takes to conclude there is something beyond what we can see and touch, but there is this evidence here that needs to be accounted for, and when we look at these cases carefully, some sort of carryover of memories often makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a fairly recent case involving a two-year-old boy in Louisiana. Jim- James Leninger was born in 1998, and by the time he was two, he had a great love of airplanes, like a lot of little boys. Sure, that's pretty um, common. Yeah. yeah, very common. And also at the age of two, he started having violent nightmares about aircraft crashes. Okay. And he would scream from his bed, airplane crash, plane on fire, little man can't get out. He's a little dude. <clears throat> so this would happen four to five times per week. Mm-hmm. And his parents, Andrea and Bruce, started trying to ask him questions regarding the nightmares. And Andrea asked James who the little man was, and James replied me, which makes sense because he's... A little man. Yeah, he's a little dude. Um... And Bruce asked him who had shot his plane down, and James answered that it had been the Japanese. When Bruce asked how James knew it was the Japanese that had shot down the plane, James replied, quote, the big red sun. Okay. Which makes sense. Right, they Japan's got the big, the, yeah, the red yeah. dot, yeah. Um, Bruce and Andrea knew that James was not learning about World War II from them or any TV programs they had watched, so they started asking James more detailed questions when he ha- would have the nightmares. And they eventually learned that the little man had a friend who was also a pilot named Jack Larson. Okay, he learned that from asking the kid? Yeah, they were asking him after he would have the nightmares, like, explain more. So he had a friend who was a pilot named Jack Larson. And eventually James told his parents that the little man was also named James, and that he flew a plane called a Corsair, and that he flew the plane off a boat named the Natoma. Mm -hmm. He noted that the Corsair would lean to the left on takeoff and had a tendency to blow its tires on landing. Oh. So this little boy is telling his parents all of this. I'm sure he is. Well, he was. Shut up. He's not saying anything, but he's rolling his eyes so hard that they might as well be down the street. (laughs) They heard me say, I'm sure he is. (laughs) I think that sums it up pretty well. Anyway, Bruce purchased a book on World War II aircraft carriers and leafed through it with James. And James pointed to the section on the Battle of Iwo Jima mm-hmm. and said that it was there that his plane had been shot down. Oh. And Bruce started to research the things James was telling him and found that there was indeed an aircraft carrier called the Natoma Bay mm-hmm. that served in World War II and the Natoma Bay had indeed participated in the Battle of Iwo Jima. Oh. Bruce attended a Natoma reunion in 2002 where he learned that 18 pilots from the Natoma had died during service in the Pacific. And one of them had been named James Huston Jr. Okay. Bruce also found a name, uh, a man named Jack Larson who served with James Huston. Okay. Uh, and Bruce only found one discrepancy in James's story. James Huston Jr. was flying an FM2 Wildcat when he was shot down, not a Corsair. However, uh-huh. Bruce learned from another pilot, Bob Greenwald, that served with Huston that Huston had participated in a program in which Corsairs were being tested for landing on an aircraft carrier. Uh, and Greenwald, Greenwald also confirmed that Corsairs did veer to the left and their tires did often blow upon landing. Okay. So there's all this stuff that's like, could this kid Evidence. possibly be lying? With quotations. Well, but that's the thing. Like, so I want to go back to that quote because I felt like it was really powerful uh-huh. where the the professor says, I understand the leap it takes to conclude there is something beyond what we can see and touch. Sure. But there is this evidence here that needs to be accounted for, and when we look at these cases carefully, some sort of carryover of memories often makes the most sense. So when he's looking at all of these cases and he's connecting them, because he's been doing this since 
A carryover of memories makes the most sense. Yeah, like, scientifically, when he breaks it apart, he's like, this is the answer that makes the most logical sense. Sure. For him. Sure. And then the other thing about what was really interesting about the Leninger case was that um, Bruce and Andrea are really religious. They're very Christian. Uh And they don't believe in reincarnation. Like, that's a big no-no. Okay. Right? And so Bruce had a really, really, really hard time coming to terms with that. The idea that that, that's what it could possibly be. Uh Uh-huh. And so he was, like, investigating things very slowly, and things just kept coming up, and he was like, maybe I'm wrong about everything, because my two-year-old is, like, telling me that he crashed a plane and he was shot down by the Japanese in a battle that actually happened off of a boat that actually existed, and he's got all this information about planes that a two-year-old could not possibly know. Or is it a hoax created by the parents? Well, I I happen to think that it probably isn't a hoax because this professor's been... Like, this is one of the cases the professor's been studying. Okay. So I feel like somebody who is scientific-minded is going to take into the account the possibility of it being a hoax. And he, he was even talking about, like, there are definitely some that are not a thing. I like, get it. You have to say something isn't going to if you want to be accreditable. If you want to have any sort of credit. But what... It's not the scientific community that's saying this. It's it's one guy. One guy. Well, because and it starts this... there, and I understand that, and maybe this will turn into something. Yeah. But all I'm saying is a couple of cases where some kids can say some things. Well, it's not just a couple of cases. Like he has hundreds of cases like this. Okay. Hundreds, and I didn't go into deep research on all the rest of them because I happened to find this one the most interesting. Mm-hmm. But he's literally got hundreds of cases, and they all have similarities like this. Like, he was able to to get the statistics, like, they're between the ages of 2 and 6, and 60% of them are male, and 70% of them remember dying in a violent or unnatural way. Yeah, 2 and 6. What are our imaginations the most vivid? Well, maybe that's why... That's So that's what I was kind of thinking when we were doing this. I knew that you were going to have some excuse about, like, little kids being super imaginative. And then I was also thinking about the fact that, like, we shut down so much as adults, like, as we get older, because all of the adults around us are telling us, like, oh, that's not real, that's not a thing, blah 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 you gotta get serious, and then by the time we're adults, we're like, oh no, that can't possibly exist. But, like, what if it does and we just turn ourselves off? I mean, like, like, what about this guy who was in his 40s when he realized that he was a general in a past life, you know what I mean? Like, this is a thing that actually does happen, and it could also explain the differences between, like, like I really, really believe in ghosts and the paranormal, and you don't, right? Yeah. Maybe there's just a difference in, like, allowing that in. Do you see what I'm saying? I know that sounds like a cop-out. I get that sounds like a cop-out. But maybe there's a difference between you just being like, nope, doesn't exist. Science says it doesn't. Logic says it doesn't. Where I'm like, well, it could. And what does that mean? I'm saying maybe it does exist. Okay. But you just refuse to to believe it, so you're not seeing it. Like you, I need evidence. You can find you can, but you can find a way to refute everything. That's the thing. No, you can't. You can though. You're like you won't just take it at face value. You won't take the fact that there was somebody who who was steeped in science researching this stuff. You just go, oh no, it must all be a hoax. I won't take one person. I understand. I won't. That. Just like the one guy who says he can take a human head off of someone and put it on another person's body. Sure. I don't believe he can do that. Is he going to try? Absolutely. But the scientific community, I trust the many right, over that. the one. And I'm not saying, and I even said it. I said it earlier. I said, that community always starts with one person. So mm-hmm. maybe he's onto something. Maybe he is. 
when when uh when Hawking first said black holes emitted radiation from them, everyone was like, Stephen Hawking Stephen Hawking's is a quack. Mm-hmm. He's a quack. Yeah. He's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a cripple in a wheelchair. And then they were like, holy crap. Yeah, that math accounts for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how did we miss that? Brilliant. So, I'm not saying that it's not possible. Right. But I'm saying, based on everything that we have seen, everything that I have seen, and yes, when you say hundreds of cases, in the grand scheme of things, that's still only a couple. I know. I understand that. I'm just like... I want to This believe. is like Bigfoot all over again. It's Bigfoot all over again, where I'm just like, no, but this is a thing that I actually think could be... I do. I th- I and that's, like, that's why I wanted to do this one because I was like, oh man, like the General Gordon guy just blows my mind. Except mm-hmm. for the fact that like there's all these books and corroborating evidence and stuff where it could definitely just be like, he oh man, you went book. and read the book and then decided you kind of looked like this because guy he kind of looks like him. This whole yeah. story, right? But I think with like a two year old, that's a little more like he didn't just go pick up a World War Two book on his own, and his parents claim i know that you could say like they're lying his parents claim that they weren't like watching world war ii documentaries or anything so where does a two-year-old pick that up i don't know maybe he heard it once maybe they weren't watching it Mm -hmm. but they stepped away and the history channel was on maybe i don't know he got a lot of information though like he had names that's weird you gotta admit so they say well why would his dad just go around like Going to random reunions and finding random people and talking to them. I don't know, what's that what's that called when uh you like your kids become like manipulative toys for you? I don't know. There's a there's like a syndrome for that. I can't think of what it's called. But like Stockholm syndrome? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't or I don't like, know what it's called. Like Mun- Munchauser? Mun- Munchausen's is when you make oh, you your children your kid. sick. Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure, but there is like people who get obsessed with their kids, and like it happens. It happens to a lot of mothers who put their their little kids in beauty pageants, mm-hmm. or they're like living through their their child. Sparkle Baby. Yeah. Yes, Sparkle Baby. What was? I that? have watched a lot of TLC. That's all I'm saying. Tender Love and Care. No, the Learning Channel. Where, you know, the learning channel where they have TV shows about small children and beauty pageants. Yeah, because you can learn about... Because I learned so much. You can also, learn... 19 Kids and Counting, which isn't a thing anymore, but I was obsessed with it back in the day. Because, I like, believe it. It's just a fascinating look into... Insanity. Well, yeah, that. <laughs> well, that, too. So, anyways, what do we have left? That's it. That was it? Yeah, that's why I'm trying to talk with you to get to... Oh, yeah. Okay. So talk to me about what you think about General Gordon or James Huston. I mean, I kind of did. I think, so I think General Gordon is definitely, uh, not definitely, because I'll give you that. I'll give you not definitely. Mm-hmm. I think General Gordon is probably this guy who's like, oh, you didn't look at my magazine in, in years. It just sat there. Come on, man. You read it. You read it and then put it in there and then remembered when the lady was like, oh. Maybe you're this guy. He was like, cha-ching, I do look like him. Mm-hmm. Time to cash in. Well, why do you think the clairvoyant brought it up to him, though? I, maybe she didn't. Maybe she was just part of the story. Oh, I guess so. Maybe. Maybe she never even actually existed. But that's a great idea. I think next Halloween we should do something like that. Let's get a fortune reader. Let's, yeah, let's get one of those. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. We'll get some uh, crazy fortune teller to 
tell everyone's... Uh... I mean, we have a friend who does tarot. Yeah, but let's not mock her. <laughs> I won't be mocking. <laughs> You're the only one that will be mocking. Uh, You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I wouldn't mock, but that was just too funny not to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't think that, again, this is a huge case of, I want to believe, I want to I believe. like, oh, that you're this... walking through the forest, and look, a jackalope, I know, I know. I, know. I want to believe that there is something, you know, beyond death, I do. Mm-hmm. I want to believe that I get to come back and do it all again, and make up for the mistakes mm-hmm. that I made, or go to... The big shining light, you know? I just... Well, I, I am a downer. I know. I don't believe in the big shining light, and you know that. You know I don't like believe in the big shining light. Yeah. And if I'm going to believe in something, like, and this has grown over the past few years like it used to be, I'd go, oh yeah, I think I would kind of believe in this. And it went from, I think I kind of would believe in this, to I think I kind of believe in this. And then it went to, like, I think I believe in this, to, yeah, this is the thing I believe in. Yeah, and for me, it's the exact opposite. It went from, like, I feel like I'm supposed to believe in something, so I believe sure. in this, well, I think... to, I don't think I believe in this, because it doesn't sound right, to, well, there's no way this could possibly be right, everyone is insane. No, they're not insane. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this is your first time around, and that's why you don't, you don't feel anything. Because one of the things I was reading about past lives in oh. my copious amounts of research about the subject Obviously. was uh, that, like, people will be really drawn to certain cultures or certain time periods. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've always found myself really drawn to India. Like, I love the color and I love the fabrics and I love the people and I want to go there so badly. And it just, like, feels right to me. And you like elephants. And I love elephants. And so maybe, maybe I was from India in a past life. Or, like, I've always found myself really, really, really drawn to the 1920s and, like, the flapper style and that kind of thing. So maybe I was in the 1920s in my past life. Maybe I was in the 1920s in India. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. They probably didn't have flapper style in India, so that's probably two different lives and I'm getting them jumbled. Well, maybe. But maybe I'm just saying that maybe maybe it's your first time through. Maybe. In which maybe case. Maybe that happened. Maybe case, new souls get created every once in a while. I mean, the population's rising. I don't know. It, what about what about us, you know, turning into worms and birds and uh, animals? Maybe you know, we do. Like uh, Maybe I was Indian. an elephant in India in maybe. a past life. Maybe. You were definitely a dog. If you had a past life, you were totally a dog. Was I? Yeah, you were a Justice Bark like Kasumi. I was a Justice Bark. Yep. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, we talk all the time about how my dog is just like me, right? Yeah, that's because he... Remember, we decided he was uh, a Vietnam... Uh, we definitely think well okay so we joke about bishop being a reincarnated vietnam veteran yeah because he's so scared of everything Everything. like he's got severe ptsd and we don't know why because we've had him since he was eight weeks old and we've never never done anything to him but he's afraid of cups and paper bags and plastic bags and laundry and jet noise (laughs) life everything he's so afraid of everything so we yeah. just we chalk it up to PTSD in a past life and we leave it be. I mean, it, that dog is afraid of everything. So maybe, maybe there it is. Bishop is the proof. <laughs> Bishop's the proof. Bishop's the proof. My baby Bishop is the proof. There for it is. You that there it is. Reincarnation is a thing. Reincarnation is is a thing. 
And Bishop was a <laughs> Vietnam veteran. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Okay. That ended awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get my spiel down here. Cue the outro. Uh, cue the outro. If you would like to follow us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TTIS Podcast. Uh, if you want to support us, you have a couple ways you can do that. You, if you like what we're doing, you can go to iTunes and leave a review. If you don't like what we're doing, then just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can support us on Patreon, and that's also at TTIS Podcast. You get some cool uh, swag that only people on Patreon get, and you get Patreon-only content. Yeah, we're working on that. So those of you that are, fret not, there will be stuff. There will be things. And then uh, if you have suggestions, uh, comments, concerns, you just want to talk, you can email us uh, at thetruthissomewherepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all of our show notes and everything on thetruthissomewhere.com. And you can find merchandise at uh, thetruthissomewhere.threadless.com. And I think I have now covered all of the places that you can possibly find us. You can find us on Google+. Plus. Uh, just don't waste your time. We're not, are we on Google Plus? I don't know. I don't maybe. think we're on Google Plus. Don't believe that. <laughs> Wait, we are because we have that YouTube channel. Oh, we have now. a YouTube channel. Yeah, we're up on YouTube. I don't know if we announced that we are. No, because there's only two episodes showing up. Yeah, everything from episode eight up. Mm-hmm. It's a pain to get the episodes from Podbean. I, we'd essentially have to republish everything if we wanted to do it in that style. Maybe one day I'll go back and I'll take those episodes and I'll give them a fancy background. I could just do a static image. Um, and we'll get them up there. But if you're listening to this episode, odds are you've probably already listened to the episodes before. Um, and if you want to listen to it on YouTube from here on out, go ahead. Check it out on YouTube. Yep. Truth is somewhere. TTIS. Something like that. Search for that. You'll find it. Yep, that's it. Have a swell rest of your day. Um, guys, help. I'm, uh, still stuck up in this tree.